Yeah, we're taking to the airwaves of 710 ESPN. Sedano on vacay, cap in the house, and my man, the former great San Diego State Aztec, the former great Oakland Raider linebacker, and now great broadcaster as well. You hear him here on Saturday mornings. You're going to hear him all football season long as part of the Rams broadcast. Kirk Morrison, what is up, my man? Man, Scotty Cap, it has been far too long. First of all, just to share the airwaves with such a uh, radio legend here in Southern California, this is going to be fun, brother. Good to be with you as always. Thank you. When you say radio legend, you must be speaking about Gregory Bergman, corporate Greg Bergman. That's what I assume. Is that right? <laughs> well, uh, corporate Greg Bergman is also one of the best behind the scenes uh, guys in all of Southern California as well. So two Southern California legends. I get to hang out with on a Wednesday afternoon drive, man. I'm looking for, I've been looking forward to it. I couldn't sleep last night. You know, just like I got Bergman, I got Cap. I'm like, this is going to be fun, man. Fun. Yeah. And don't forget, you got at UNEEQ with an underscore at the end. You got Laura Romo, too. Yes, so don't, we got absolutely. a full squad here. I got the Kirk full Morrison. squad. Like Laura, I heard George in the background. I heard a lot of the people, man. I'm like, dude, it, it feels good to be here. Feels good. Well, I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a great day. Because everybody thinks you're a football guy, but I know that you love baseball as well, I'm going to start off jumping right in here today. Padres, Dodgers, last night at Petco Park. Now, start it off with this, Kirk. You ready? Yeah. Every time we went to a traffic report yesterday, Karen Kay was updating us saying this. If you're heading south on the 5, a plane landed on the 5 freeway, <laughs> In Del Mar. So if you're a Dodger fan and you're heading to San Diego, get off way early. I mean, if you're still up in L.A., go the 10 down the 15. If you're in North County, San Diego, go 78 across the 15. Find another way. But a plane landed. And many people, Kirk, were opining on Twitter that this was the Padres' way of trying to keep Dodger fans out of Petco Park. Well, eventually, a flatbed and a crane came and took this plane off the freeway. And if that was the game plan, it didn't work. Because as far as I could tell last night, I'll have a report tomorrow because I'm going down there tonight. But there were a lot of Dodger fans, and they had a lot to cheer about at Petco Park last night. <laughs> what did you think about game one of this series? I mean, it's what I expected, though, right? It's honestly what I expected. I expected playoff type of atmosphere baseball. And that's what we got. Right, we had unbelievable plays. We had some good performances, and at the end, it was the team who I felt was the more experienced that can handle a situation like this. Uh, they ended up winning. I, I I couldn't wait for this series because it's so it's it's both sides for me, Cap. Both sides, like the Dodgers are honestly kind of where they should be at right now. You know what I mean? With all the injuries and everything that's going on, especially over the last couple of weeks, they're supposed to be here right now. Right. And they're still getting better. They're still not even 100 percent, whereas like the Padres are in desperation right now. Can you believe it? Like they're already in desperation and going up against a rival and dropping the first game. This is what I expected. This is playoff baseball. Yes, we're already getting it in late August. I was saying yesterday, and Bergman accused me of trying to put some kind of reverse hex you on were. the Dodgers. That's exactly what you were doing. I was saying yesterday, I expect the Dodgers to sweep this series mm, for exactly yep. what you just said about the Padres. Now, DeMarco's in here, and DeMarco also football mentality is like, hey, look, when a coach gets fired in the middle of a season, that kind of lights a fire under everybody's ass. They go, no. yeah, 
But no. but you know the pitching coach getting fired by the Padres is a scapegoat move. It's not a make everybody uncomfortable kind of move. And you know I just look at the Padres as a team that right now, Kirk. I've seen this movie before. I was telling these guys a story, but in 2010, the Padres had a six and a half game lead over the Dodgers, and I had a bet with then LA Times columnist T.J. Simers. If the Padres won the division, which I predicted they would, then I got to write his column in the L.A. Times. If the Dodgers won the division, which he predicted they would, he got to host my radio show back in San Diego at the time. (laughs) Well, he told me the cream would rise to the top. That was the exact phrase he used, and I didn't believe it. Padres lost 10 straight games, wound up not going to the playoffs. Dodgers won. I'm watching this Dodger team, and to your point, there is still no Kershaw. There is still no Mookie Betts. Both guys on their way back. But the Padres pitching staff, starting pitching staff, has completely fallen apart. Their bats have gone ice cold. And I would just think, this is what I was selling yesterday. If I'm Dave Roberts and I'm a San Diego guy and I played for the Padres and I worked for the Padres and they didn't even give me a shot at managing the team, and the Dodgers did, and I've already got a World Series ring, hey, I'm going home and I'm planning on not just winning the series, I'm planning on sweeping the series and there was a point in that game last night where it was 5 nothing. I was like, I think the Dodgers are going to sweep, but I don't know that the Padres are even going to score. And then they hit a two-run home run late in the game. And then, <laughs> and then they had runners in scoring position, and they had the tying run at the plate. And, and, and here comes Kenley Jansen. I knew Dodger fans would get nervous. So I'm with you, dude. I, this is what I expected last night. I mean, it's, it's what you expected, but then it, it's, it's really more so of what the Dodgers had in front of them. When I looked at the rotation of Ordeus – um, who, who's pitching tonight? Now Bueller. Yeah, Bueller's pitching tonight again. Yep. And then Scherzer. Like, these are the three guys, if you're the Padres, you don't want to see. Like, oh, my God, not these three guys on the rotation. And that's what they have to go through. If you want to play big-time baseball, this is what it is. And I kept comparing this to th- – th- this is my analogy for the Padres, by the way. Because – Cap, you know, I'm still a San Diego County resident as well. I do have a resident golf cart. That's the only way I get these tee times, by the way. That's another story. <laughs> well, but anyway. no, listen, that, that's an important thing because <laughs> if you want to play at Torrey Pines, your you driver's license better say San Diego, <laughs> not another part of San Diego. You've got to be in San Diego, the city, to Absolutely. get on Torrey Pines. And, you know, if you're from out of town or if, you, if you're even from San Diego County and you don't have a uh, San Diego on your driver's license, you'll pay hundreds of dollars to play at Torrey Pines, whereas a resident pays barely anything. Yeah, that, 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 that's, a, that's another story for another day. So if, I got a Tory Pines hookup for everybody out there listening. Just call <laughs> me. We'll, we'll find a time on the green. But I, I've always said this, though, and I learned this as an NFL player. Sometimes you're climbing a mountain, right? The Padres are climbing a mountain. And they climb that mountain, and then guess what happened, Cap? They looked down before they got to the top. And they realized, oh, wow. I haven't been up this high. What do I do? And what happens to people? Sometimes they get nervous. They start to get scared. Okay, what do I do now? Do I continue? Do I have enough water in my bag? Like, what's? I don't know what to do. And here are the Dodgers slowly making their way up the hill. And they've lost a shoe along the way, dropped a canister of water. But they're like, you know what? I got some snacks in my backpack. I'm just going to continue to keep my at my own pace. I'm going to get to the top, and when I get there, the other guys will fall off, the Padres, the Giants. That's what I'm watching because everybody else is now in a panic where I'm looking at the Dodgers, and for the first time, I think, this season, you really feel like 
they are in full control over the Padres, who've kind of had their upper hand earlier in this year when this was a so-called rivalry. It's not even a rivalry anymore. It's not. It's just the Dodgers are the better team, and you find that out last night. You'll find it out again when the Dodgers win. They're going to sweep the series, and then the Padres are going to be looking up at the Cincinnati Reds about, man, what is this season? So, yeah, when you do fire a pitching coach, all that is telling me what, Cap? That somebody had to fall on the sword. Somebody had to fall on the grenade for the team for the reason why we're not where the Dodgers are or where the Giants are in their division. If you would have told me the Padres would be third in their own division right now, in the beginning of the season, I would have laughed at you. But this is what happens when a team is constructed to just beat one team. They were constructed to beat the Dodgers, and right now they're losing at that game. Well, you know what? Um, if, if that were the case, if the Padres were built to beat the Dodgers and going into this series, I want to say they'd won seven of ten games head-to-head, yep. um, you could feel good about the matchup against the Dodgers. Here's where your problem lies. When you get – beat three out of four by Arizona, and you get no hit by a guy making his major league debut, <laughs> right. when you get swept in Colorado, when you come home and you're facing a decent enough Philadelphia team and you lose two out of three, and then here comes the team, the Dodgers, that, you're, that you, you say you're built to beat, but you got no starting pitching, so you're going to try and beat the Dodgers with a bullpen day when Urias is coming off the IL. Now tonight you got Blake Snell, who... Dodger fans will remember last year in the World Series was yanked when many people said early. But if you were to go back and look at the stats this year, and I'm not like some stat geek, but I will tell you this. This guy, Blake Snell, very, very rarely, and I think it's only been twice so far this season, does he go beyond five innings. Once he went six, once he went seven, and in the game he went seven, he had 13 strikeouts against Arizona, but it's Arizona. So I have got a question. Blake's yeah, oh, I'm going to interrupt. Ahead, I was like, I'm going to interrupt. Why are we talking about the Padres and not the Dodgers who kicked butt and looked great? No, because the Dodgers are comfortable. I know, but I, I don't. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if I would be listening to you guys and I'm like, I don't really care about the Padres. Because this is what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> I, I want people to understand what's happening tonight when teams are constructed to try to beat someone. It's like when I look at the Clippers, right? They were constructed to hopefully beat the Lakers. The Lakers are just that much better. We saw that last year. And I know like, the, the injuries happen or whatever, but the Dodgers have had injuries. And yet the story is the Dodgers are continuing to chug along. Tonight we'll see Walker Bueller. And I'm excited to see what, what the Walker Bueller has on the mound tonight because we're watching Snell, who was signed to do what? To be a Dodger hater tonight. This is what Blake Snell was signed for. Now, if he gets blasted all over the field and the Dodgers win again, we can say, oh, the Dodgers won again, or the Padres are showing what happens when you try to construct a team in order to beat one team, and it doesn't work out for you. Who do you blame then? Walker Bueller, on a season where he's 13-2, and two, just by the way, Walker Bueller has pitched twice against the Padres so far this season. I said that. That's what I said. It didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, and and he in, in in neither game did Walker Bueller get the decision. Um, he gave up two runs and pitched seven innings when the Dodgers beat the Padres. This is going way back to April, by the way. And then <laughs> five days later, he he gave up two runs in six innings and didn't get a decision. So Bueller has pitched twice against the Padres this year and has not gotten a decision either time. But you're actually right. I, I mean, Blake Snell was signed because people thought he could take down the Dodgers. At least the Padres front office thought that. And we're going to see tonight, man. I, I Listen, again, I said yesterday I think the Dodgers will sweep the series. And interestingly, by the way, 
the Dodgers, I loved your analogy about climbing the mountain and, you know, hey, this shoe fell off and, and you know, a can fell off, <laughs> and, but I still got plenty of snacks in my backpack. Um, as the Dodgers are continuing to climb this mountain that you've described, the Giants are too, you know, yeah. because the Giants <laughs> yeah. just keep on winning. We were watching yesterday. They were playing the Mets in New York. They won 8 nothing, And so while the pressure may be on the Giants because the Dodgers are coming, the Giants just keep winning. They just haven't given the Dodgers any sort of opportunity. There hasn't been a three-game losing streak, a five-game losing streak, lose five out of seven games. The Giants just keep on climbing as well, Kirk. Yeah, that's Gabe Kapler. Right? That's, that's, that's their manager. He's an analytical guy. They're going to find ways to be adv- advantageous in certain spots. They play small ball. Now, yesterday, look, you mentioned it, they blew – the Mets out, and trust me, I got a couple of buddies actually at the game today, right? Texting me, oh, look at the Giants, we're about. To... I'm like, dude, just relax, man. Like, just it's so beautiful to watch this thing play out because no one expected the Giants to be where they were. The Dodgers are doing this thing with band aid and tape all the way around, and all of a sudden they'll be able to take all that tape and band aid off in a couple of weeks when I think everybody will be healthy, which makes it scary. Is that the Dodgers realize that? I think this magic – I still got the Dodgers winning the division. Oh, so do I. I mean, once Mookie Betts comes back, and they said he played in a simulated game at Dodger Stadium and hit two home runs, and Kershaw pitched yesterday. It was only 20 pitches, but off the mound, straight fastballs, and uh, and he'll throw again today. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think once Kershaw comes back, it gives the rotation a lot of flexibility. We'll talk about that coming up. And once Betts comes back, that's another bat to go into this lineup. But coming up, I got to talk to you about what happened last night. When A.J. Pollock – steals that home run from (laughs) Manny Machado. Dodger fans had to have been going nuts because Manny Machado is one of those players you like when he's on your team, but you love to hate when he's not on your team. And for Manny Machado to have gotten robbed by A.J. Pollock, we got to talk about that coming right back. Kirk Morrison is in today. This is Sedano and Cap. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yes, Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Kirk Morrison is in for George Sedano today. DeMarco will be back tomorrow. And then on Friday, Travis Rogers and I will be at the Hollywood Park Casino. Keyshawn's flying in. It's our big fantasy football draft party. It's going to be food and drink and opportunities to win Rams versus Bears tickets and all kinds of other swag. It's going to be a really great night. So uh, even if you didn't make your way in to our fantasy football draft party, you can come by, hang out. We'd love to have you guys on Friday night. If you got nothing else cooking, come on by Hollywood Park Casino. Kirk Morrison, before we get back to the Padres and the Dodgers, and I really want to talk about A.J. Pollock because the catch he made on Manny Machado last night Mm -hmm. could have been the game changer uh, because it would have given the Padres a 2-1 lead at the time. It could be a a, a changer of the series. I say it like that, and what did I just say? I have no idea. (laughs) But let me, real quick, before we get back to baseball, tell me what's going on. Are you calling this weekend the UCLA football game? Yeah, UCLA, uh, well, Hawaii at UCLA. Can't wait. Rose Bowl, Saturday, 1230, 
p.m. Um, I'm sorry, twelve thirty Pacific. Yeah, um, I, I get all. I'm still on East Coast time because everything that we do, I'm always on East Coast time. So I got to make sure. Okay, what time is it? Is it three thirty? Yeah, it's a twelve thirty local kick. So UCLA taking on Hawaii this Saturday, week zero of college football. Excited about that. And then the following week. So I have three games in seven days. Can you believe this, Cap? I want to hear this. So you got to go Saturday, UCLA, Hawaii. Then yes. when do you go? What's next? Quick turnaround. Wait, no, the UCLA, Friday. UCLA. Go back to UCLA. That's oh, a good Go back thing. to UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about UCLA for just a second. It's the first first game of the season. And All right, yeah. well, hey, you know Hawaii. what? Then do that. Scout us. Can you give yeah. us a – because I really want to get back to the Dodgers Padres, although we got plenty of time. But should Greg be excited about his UCLA Bruins? Yeah, he should be very excited. They, they return – 20 of 22 starters and the two starters that they don't return actually went on to the NFL also Diggy Zua he goes to the NFL and also Demetric Felton drafted by the Cleveland Browns so two guys that get drafted to the NFL but, but Chip Kelly's bringing everybody back uh Dorian Thompson Robinson took care of the football last year three to one touchdown the interception ratio look forward to seeing what he can do in his senior season so it should be a good game I think the Bruins will be very competitive, I would say. I don't know if they can win the pack just yet, but they're going to be a much better team. I think Bergman's going to be excited to watch his uh, Bruins, who actually, they better not overlook Hawaii because a big date, second, well, week one, technically, of the college football season, the LSU Tigers come to the Rose Bowl. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to have what you might consider a tune-up game, but <laughs> yes. but I don't know. Is Hawaii considered a tune-up against UCLA? No, not at all. Hawaii is a really good football team. Quietly, uh, they put some things together. They have a quarterback by the name of Shevin Cordero, who actually was Tua Tungavailoa's backup in high school. So the kid has, uh, has got some skills, just that he had a Heisman Trophy winner in front of him throughout yeah. his high school career and just didn't get recruited. So that's what the uh, Bruins have upcoming this weekend. All right, so you've got UCLA-Hawaii on Saturday. You said you had three games in seven days. What happens yeah. after that? Then I fly Wednesday. I'll get to Evanston, Illinois, as the Michigan State Spartans take on the Northwestern Wildcats. Excited oh, nice. to see that nice uh, Big Ten matchup to start the season for both those teams. Mel Tucker, Pat Fitzgerald, two uh, pretty really good uh, college coaches. Pat Fitzgerald was a guy who I wanted to be growing up. He was a one of those heady linebackers, but now he's a head coach at Northwestern. Yeah. So you have that, and then flying to Nashville the next day to watch East Tennessee take on Vanderbilt. So three games, seven days, Cap. If you call me or text me next week, if I don't reply, you know why, though. And don't take it personal. You or Bergman, Laura, everybody. Don't take it personal next week. I'll get back to you during business hours, but I may be closed a lot next week. So, wow, you're going to be busy. you got three college football games, and then before you know it, you'll turn around, and it'll be the Rams pregame, halftime, yeah. postgame. You'll have college football going. You'll have NFL football going. You're going to be one busy dude here come football season. I'll watch a lot of film, though, too. Watch a lot of tape. A lot of tape, Cap. That's how I stay on top of it. Watching film. People like to watch, you know, Netflix and all of these different shows and just put me in a room with a laptop and I just watch film all night. Yeah, I've been watching documentaries recently. I watched <laughs> Malice at the Palace on Netflix. Have oh, you seen amazing, that yet? by the way. You saw amazing. it? Yes, I saw it. It was great. You mean you, you took time away from breaking down film to watch Malice at the Palace? I, I had to. I mean, literally, that was probably one of the best documentaries um, I, I've seen in a long time because it was actually telling of a story that no one really told before, which I've just have so much more empathy for 
Jermaine O'Neal. Me too. Ron Artest. Oh, yeah. Metta World Peace. Right on. And Steven Jackson as well. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I told DeMarco, I'm like, yo, you got to watch this Malice at the Palace. He said, okay, I'll see your Malice at the Palace and I'll raise you the Christy Martin documentary on Netflix. So I went and watched that as well. Two great, amazing documentaries. And then, of course, I had to catch up to Laura and watch the the most recent episode of Ted Lasso. But nobody will let me talk about Ted Lasso (laughs) because they're worried that I'm going to blow it for everybody. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Thank you. I'm just going to binge it the whole thing. So just just don't ruin it for me. I won't ruin it for you, but I will say this. You're going to go on a lot of flights. You'll be able to take this, this... You'll take down the first season, and what are we, Laura, four or five episodes into the second season now? I believe it's five. Five, okay. Yeah, yeah. four or five. So, but don't, don't talk about it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good then. I can download them all. I'm good. Oh, my yeah. God, yes. Do it. Yeah, you'll, you'll have no problem taking those down. So, Kirk Marson, let, let's go back to the Padres and the Dodgers and what happened last night. When A.J. Pollock makes this incredible catch on Manny Machado, From the San Diego perspective, all I've heard all day on Twitter was the fans should have interfered with Pollock. There were three fans, all with open hands. They looked like they they looked their hands looked like clams. There was a lady in an SD t shirt. There was a guy who was blocked by the glove, and then there was another guy. Now here's the thing. The, the, the lady on one side and the young kid on the other side, both of these people have their eyes completely closed. I don't know how they thought they were going to catch this ball. Their eyes are completely closed. Pollock, on the other hand, has his glove in front of everybody, and he's looking up, and his eyes are wide open. Kirk, should the fans interfere when the ball is over the wall and they're entitled to try and get a piece of it, what do you say? Yes, you have to interfere. That, that that's that's easy I, you're the home team if that ball's coming i'm grabbing my glove and i'm grabbing it we've seen it way too many times wasn't that the, the kid in uh in, in new york what's the yeah. kid's name uh jeffrey jeffrey is it jeffrey not jeffrey mayer is it uh let's see here there was I steve forgot. bartman in chicago and i think jeffrey yeah. mayer kind of sounds right in new york yeah I'm am i right i don't guy. know somebody's gonna have to do some quick research there i Correct. think so but i think remember he went and grabbed the ball this is what you're supposed to do like, if you're a Padre fan, you have to help out your guy. Trust me, it's the same thing with, like, crowd noise in the NFL. Like, you get up and you scream to give yourself an advantage. If the advantage is that ball is over the fence, you have every right to catch it. Since you did not, you gave A.J. Pollock the opportunity to go up and rob it. And honestly, it was so beautiful because I never heard so much silence that fast. It was like <laughs> screaming Padre fans, and you can see everybody so excited. Like you see hands up, and again, like once he why? catches it, once why? he catches it, it's it's why? it's over. Like it, that, that's it. You Padre fan, you lost out on it. You had this bright, <laughs> what is it? Bright? Oh, I don't even what yellow shirt on. Like you messed it all up. Well, I will say that the crowd went like this. <laughs> like like the crowd exploded because they thought Machado hit a home run, and then there was this this <laughs> little wah, bit of wah. then there was this little bit of silence, and then there was another explosion of crowd noise because that ballpark last night was at least at least fifty percent Dodger fans. So Absolutely. it went crack of the bat, the cheers. <laughs> then it was like silence, like what happened, and then when Pollock comes down with the ball, then there's another explosion of fan excitement as the Dodger fans just went crazy that he was able to not only make the catch, but make it against Manny Machado. Now, Kirk, you say you must interfere. You know how all these football broadcasts now have like a rules expert on them, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Let's go to our rules expert. Let's go back to the studio, and our oh, rules now. expert 
Now What's they a- listen to us when I was like cracking open the mic and being like, why are we still talking <laughs> about the Padres and all this stuff that nobody in L.A. cares about about the Padres. Well, you, you, you are aware that the Padres and the Dodgers are playing one another. Of and it's course. in San Diego and we're I, actually talking about both of these teams. Uh, and this, 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 I think if we if we like put percentages on it, you focus like 80 percent on the Padres. I'm just like, you know, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the Dodgers and what happened. Know, just, well, me, if you're well, if you're a Dodger fan. I am. And the, and the roles were reversed last night. Uh-huh. Whoever that Dodger fan was that did not intercept that play that was coming in. Like, just say if if, if it was. Um, but it wasn't a Dodger fan. And it wasn't. It was on our it, it was on our benefit. So I don't care. No, no. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. But here, you know, but I've heard this a lot today from Dodger fans. That if this would have happened in Dodger Stadium, absolutely, that if, fan if, would be if, right. If, <laughs> oh, in other he would words, have been exiled. <laughs> right. In other words, right. Exactly. Like if this happens in Dodger Stadium, right? And let's say it's AJ Pollock who hits a ball that's going out, and then it, all of a sudden it's call it Fernando Tatis who's playing in the outfield, mm-hmm. and he goes up. The Dodger fans, a much more aggressive fan base, would be like, "Oh, I'm getting that ball," or oh, we I'm at let least interfering with we this player. We hood like that. We hood like that. It wouldn't have gone down the way that it went down in San Diego. But my thing is, I don't care. I'm happy it happened the way it happened because I'm a Dodger fan. I'm in L.A. and it happened to be in our benefit. So I'm just sitting here listening, and I'm like, hmm. So much good stuff for the Dodgers last night. Urias did great. Will yeah, Smith, but- and I'm just like, why are we focused on? What didn't happen to benefit the damn Padres? I don't no, get it. But you got to understand. You got to understand this. And this is from, let me give you from my football background. When your best player, in, in this case for the, the Padres, one of their best players, Manny Machado, Ugh. who is also a former Dodger. Who did the Dodgers, right? Remember, remember, he's, he was a former Dodger. Sadly. People were clamoring to possibly sign him, right? Let's not forget that when Dodger fans were like, oh, let's bring in Machado here. Mm. But just understand how meaningful that was for not only Pollock, for the organization, for the Dodger fan base. Just robbing that home run of Machado last night, oh, yeah. it was way more than just, oh, an out. You get what I'm saying? Oh, like, 100%. It was bigger than an out. And we're saying it. that how could a fan base or how could fans allow that to happen? Like that should be blasphemy. That was the question. Like, because would I allow Padre that to happen? Because Padre fans ain't G's like that. They don't yeah, roll exactly. like they do. You know, what I'm, like like, I'm just letting you know. Like Dodger <laughs> fans, we hard. Yeah. Y'all Padre fans ain't y'all soft. And you can't you can't allow that to happen. That's what I'm saying. You cannot allow that that to not be a home run. All right, we're and, gonna get back to this, whew. but I want to say something. You you mentioned something very interesting in all of that, and you said if that ball is coming your way. And you're in the stands and you're a fan, you gotta grab your glove and interfere. I wanna jump back into the you gotta grab your glove part of this conversation. Kirk Morrison is here. Coming up next, a game of overrated or underrated. And then I'm picking up on that one line, Kirk. You gotta grab your glove. I'm picking up on that one line. Stick around, overrated or underrated. Coming up next, this is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thank you very much, Chris. And Kirk, I don't think you've ever played any of these games before, so quick little rundown. We play overrated, underrated. The first thing we do is birthdays, and you get to do them first. You have to pick one of the people to say is overrated and another person to say is underrated. Okay. okay. I got you. Here we go. All right. I mean, it's... It's very difficult, I know. Yeah, All right, so <laughs> very confusing. Can you explain those rules again? I, I can, you know, if you really like me to, but I won't. Uh, Kirk, Tim Burton or Gene Simmons, overrated or underrated? Mm, um, I think Gene Simmons, uh, underrated. Burton, overrated. Why? I'm just, I'm just going with that. I'm gonna let you roll with that. I just All right, Cap. Well, I also think Gene Simmons is underrated. Now, I told you guys that a few weeks ago, I saw a Kiss documentary. It was like a three-night event. I don't remember what network it was on, but I don't know if anybody here is a Kiss fan. I've been to I've been to Kiss shows when they're wearing makeup, Kiss shows when they're not wearing makeup, Kiss shows when they bring in different band members. And it's not like I'm like this crazy Kiss fan where I'm listening to Kiss music all the time. But as a kid growing up, I think Kiss was my very first album that I ever got, Love Gun. So Gene Simmons, what a character this guy is. I mean, the big platform shoes, the spitting the blood, the pyrotechnics. I just think Gene Simmons, um, as a rock and roller and mm -hmm. as a reality TV star, <laughs> I just watched him the other day on CNBC talking about cryptocurrencies. Happy birthday, Gene Simmons. <laughs> I got you. you as underrated, and I got Tim Burton as overrated. All right, perfect. And you know what? I'm actually going to go to Laura for this one, but What's you guys that? can also answer okay. the question. But Laura, uh -oh. directed directly at you. Okay. Coming I'm your scared. way. <laughs> you love, love Flaming Hot Cheetos. I do. Yeah. Oh my and God, other Flaming Hot things out of the vending machine. You get a Flaming Hot stuff all the time. All right. Thanks for outing me. Thank you. Yes, you're you're welcome. That's, you know, it's <laughs> what I do best. Uh, bus, over you. Well, Mountain Dew is coming out with a Flaming Hot Cheeto oh, flavored no. soda. Ew. Soda. Ugh. So is this overrated or underrated? First of all, this is disgusting. This is so gross. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't drank soda in five years, so it doesn't really whatever but it's disgusting super overrated i don't know to stick to the chips bruh stick to the chips <laughs> my daughters Gross. love flaming hot cheetos love them for me i look at them i smell them i've tasted one i've thought to myself if that's what it does to my mouth what must it be doing to my internal organs. Okay? Oh, you can't handle spicy. That's no, different. no. It's not about handling spicy. It's about this is a disgusting food item, in my opinion. There's nothing about it that has any nutritional uh, impact in any way. It's all bad. Everything's all. And then I got all this flaming hot stuff all over my hands. I I'm. <laughs> I am not down with flaming hot Cheetos at all. Hmm. Uh, I'm going overrated as well. And for Greg, Laura, Cap. Um, so during the pandemic, by the way, I decided to, you know what, just, I, I succumbed to what I knew was going to happen in life. Um, it was a, it was a valiant fight that I, I, that I, you know, I fought for as long as I could, but 
it was just time for me to say, you know what? I have to be a bald man. So <laughs> in me cutting my hair and now being bald, yeah, you do have to watch what you eat because if you decide to eat some flaming Cheetos, my bald head will sweat and people will look at you funny like, man, why are your head sweating? You're indoors. So I can't <laughs> eat hot food like that, especially the mm. flaming Cheetos. All of a sudden, I don't want to have this sweating bald head and people are like, what is wrong with this guy? Ooh. So that's the reason why I'm staying away from anything hot, especially a drink. Come on, man. Get out of here. You can't Sounds come terrible. to a Mexican household. Oh, my God. As long as you got some AC or a fan blowing, we okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you, Kirk. I got you. We got a fan and some AC. I can do I that. I got we you. Kirk, right. let, me, let me ask you, now that you're a bald man, yes. do you have that cool bald guy thing in the back of your head where, like, your neck and your head kind of make, like, one little roll when you... When you look up like that, is that do you have that going? Yeah, it's it's um, you know you you have to always try to. I'm looking at the floor a lot, Cap. <laughs> so it <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'm always looking up at the sky because if I look down at the floor, I got like four chins. <laughs> oh, <God>. For real. <laughs> yeah, but it's something that, that you know you you have to work through. But you know, I lost my fight in 2020 and. Uh, it's okay. It's okay to be bald for all my bald brothers out there. We all right. We gonna be all right. <laughs> sure are. All right, Cap. <laughs> Nerlens Noel is the center for the New York Knicks right now. So if you didn't know who he was, that is who he is, and has been around the league a little bit in a mostly underwhelming fashion. He's only averaged double digit points once in his career. It was in 2015 with the 76ers, and he averaged 11 points with four bo- with eight boards. Well, Noel is suing his agent, Rich Paul of Clutch, which is also LeBron's and AD's agent, mm-hmm. uh, for. Paul's failed promises and professional negligence costing him up to $58 million in lost contract money. Is this move by Noel overrated or underrated? I'm going to go underrated right away. I'm going to go underrated, and here's why. Because I'm like that. I'm the kind of sports fan that loves juicy, salacious kind of stuff like this. So let me watch this guy, and I'm so glad you identified him because the way you said it was, you know, in case you didn't know who he was, you walk up to 100 people, 100 people surveyed. They're all identified as NBA basketball fans. And you ask them who that person is. They're like, I don't know who that is. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, look, here's what I'm saying. If you tell me that a player who's never been any good is going to sue the most famous agent in basketball who represents the most famous players in basketball and you're going to try and go after that person because they told you that you were great and you actually weren't great. And they told you when you're great, you're going to go make a lot of money, and then you weren't great and you didn't make a lot of money. So now what's my recourse here? My recourse is I'm going to sue the agent. And I can't wait until this really goes somewhere so I can watch this. Hopefully it's on, like, court TV. Your Honor, he told me I was going to make a lot of money. But Your Honor, he was terrible. I mean, how is this going to go down? So I love stuff like this. To me, this story is underrated. Mm, uh, I'm going to agree with you. This is an underrated story. And the reason why is because I think Nerlens Noel signed with Rich Paul and Clutch for other reasons why. Because it's not just the whole NBA contract situation. I think there's a whole division of Clutch Sports that it's about the off the court, right? We watched Draymond Green, 
who is what? He's also a clutch client. And we just saw him drop a uh, a, a pretty cool interview with Kevin Durant a couple yeah. days ago, right? Yeah. So it may be more about the opportunities outside of basketball or within basketball that was promised to him or even, dare I say this, collusion, right? How many Remember how many clutch clients were signed to the Lakers, too? Remember that with uh, – Contavious Caldwell Pope. Remember, like, why is KCP on? Oh, he's a clutch client. Oh, LeBron. Oh, it started to make sense. Same thing with another clutch client, Ben Simmons. So, look, this is going on all around the NBA. I just think that he may have got too big for his bridges. And Paul probably said, hey, this is what could happen. And it never did. So, this is yeah. one of those juicy stories. And I want to see how this one plays out. Underrated yeah, it, for sure. I'm with you, though, on the, the whole idea of. Hey, he told me I was going to make a lot of money off the floor. Yes, I did. I did tell you you were going to make a lot of money off the floor. But it all is dependent on you being good on the floor. On the court. Right. <laughs> I like yeah. that story, Greg Bergman. That's a good one. Yes, sir. And that'll do it for uh, Overrated Underrated. All right, there you go. Overrated or underrated. And we'll get a check on traffic. And then I got to come back and jump right into this. A.J. Pollock makes this absolutely brilliant catch in last night's game where the Dodgers beat the Padres 5-2. to two. It was against Manny Machado, which makes Dodger fans even that much happier. But Kirk Morrison said something very interesting, that if you're the fan in the stands, you got to grab your glove and you got to interfere. I want to focus in on grab your glove. Stick around, everybody. Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Kirk Morrison is in today for George Sedano. So, Kirk, I want to talk to you about the Rams and their trade for Sony Michelle from the uh, Patriots, and we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. But I got to jump back into this Dodgers-Padres game last night and the play of the game where A.J. Pollock goes up and robs Manny Machado of a home run. Mm -hmm. Now, there are three fans in left field all standing there with their eyes closed and their hands open, and they don't <laughs> touch Pollock, they don't touch the ball, and that is a ball that, well, I mean, if if you're looking at the rules, Greg, could you could you give us the official ruling on on fan interference in that Please. situation? Sure. So it says from MLB.com: in every case of spectator interference with a batted or thrown ball, the ball shall be declared dead, and the base runners can be placed where where the umpire determines. Uh, they would have been without the interference. When a spectator clearly prevents a fielder from catching a fly ball by reaching onto the field of play, the batter shall be ruled out. But no interference is called if a spectator comes in contact with the batted ball or thrown ball without reaching onto the field of play, even if a fielder might have caught the ball had the spectator not been there. So that ball was in the stands. It would not have been ruled an out. Correct. Okay, so Kirk, you say that the fans should interfere. Absolutely. In 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 that situation, I am talking about the situation that we saw last night with AJ Polly. The fan where they were sitting at should have interfered with the play. Okay. No and doubt about it. Should have interfered with the play because the ball was clearly over the fence. Had they caught that, it'd have been good for the Padre fan. But for A.J. Pollock to go up and grab it, kudos to him because it was an outstanding play. But that's a bad – and this is for Dodger fans as well. Make sure you're taking notes. Don't let this happen to you, okay? 
what happened last night should never happen to a fan base. And it's good that it happened to the Padre, but don't let this happen for you. Use this as a learning tool. That's why I had a coach always say, hey, one, one team's mistake or one fan base's mistake, don't let that happen to us. Don't right. let that happen to us. So Laura says that the Padre fans who were there who let Pollock get the ball, they're soft. Yeah, you ain't you ain't yelling hard, and that would never happen to us, Kirk. Don't because because you said because you said at Dodger Stadium, you said, and I think I heard we the roll quote, hard. No, there was something else you said. You said we hood like that. That's what you said. <laughs> we are hood. Yeah, we hood like that. We hood we like are. that. Okay? Hello, have you right. met us? So, so that doesn't happen in Dodger Stadium, but it did happen in Petco Park last night. But Kirk, mm. you said, you said. You should grab your glove and interfere. Now, hold on. I got to focus in on this for a second. I got a little bit of an issue with grown-ass men who show up at Major League Baseball games with baseball gloves on their hands, okay? I want to catch a foul ball. I want to interfere. I want to catch a ball out in the outfield. But I want to do it barehanded. I don't want to do it with a baseball glove. Kirk, do you take a baseball glove to a Major League Baseball game? No, no, I'm not not doing all of that, Cap, but... Just think about it. There's got to be a glove somewhere around, or hopefully your, your kid brings one. I don't know what it is. I'm personally not bringing my glove, but I am saying you grab a glove that's nearest to you. Or, look, I mean, think about it. Okay, I got a, my, my, okay, one of my sons, right? If he comes to the game, I take him to a ball game, and I'm saying, hey, where those seats are, hey, we may catch a home run today. We never know. Right, we may get one off a of Mookie Betts bat, you know what I mean, off a of Bellinger opposite, opposite field. Look, look, there's so many possibilities. So I'm telling him, hey, get ready. Now all of a sudden, if that ball's flying in the air, I may rip the glove off my son to go <laughs> grab it. You know what I mean? Like I'm just being honest. Hey, give me this glove, hey, because the ball's coming right at us. See, I got um, so much respect for people that I see. Like one guy has got, he got like a beer in one hand, he got a baby yeah. in the other hand, and he's like, I gotta let go of one of these two things because I got a ball coming right at me. And I'm gonna let go of the baby, I'm gonna grab the ball in the air, and I'm gonna catch the baby <laughs> before the baby hits the ground. I'm not gonna give up my beer, I'm gonna give up the baby, but I'm gonna catch the baby before the baby hits the ground. If if a ball's coming at me and I'm gonna be seen on video catching a ball or attempting to catch a ball. I want to do it like a grown man with a bare hand, not a baseball glove at a major league baseball game. Anybody with me here? Yeah, look, I'm uh, I'm with you, except I always remember, and I don't know how many times you've ever sat in the outfield. Okay, Cap, I'll just tell you this. Uh, But I have been to a home run derby before. I've been actually been to a couple, and I remember Vlad Guerrero was up at bat, and he was hitting lasers into left field and I had the opportunity to catch one and I almost ripped a finger off. Just like, you know, (laughs) I tried it. That ball had so much heat on it. I'm talking about straight cheese, straight cheddar. This isn't one of those fly up in the air comes down. He was hitting line drive lasers out of left field. I almost lost a finger, and I vowed I will never try to catch a ball unless I have a glove. I am not that crazy. To people who go out, yeah, it's a it's a quick reaction, right? It's just like it's just oh 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 boom. I'm just you stick your hand out and it's there. But what I saw from that that day, Vlad Guerrero, senior by the way, not junior, Vlad Guerrero, senior. I will never attempt again to try to catch a home run ball. 
See Greg the difference Bergman, is so you bring the, a ball, you bring a glove. Let me get you, you jump in here. Yeah. Oh, Bergman's a glove guy. No, oh, okay, whoa, sure. whoa, no, okay. First of all, <laughs> you're a blood. Whoa, you're, you're you are you guy. are putting me into a very bad category <laughs> wow, here, my friend. Just back now, just relax there. for a second before we start calling out people like <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> but either way, it depends on where you're sitting. If you are True. sitting in the outfield, like you were just saying, Kirk, it is okay to bring a glove. Out there is totally fine. Those are home run seats. You can bring a glove. Anywhere else in the stadium, do not bring a glove. Mm. Children only. Oh, I like that. Laura, um, before you opine on this, I want you to know at the commercial break, I went to see my 17-year-old daughter, Jaden, and I told her we were talking about Flaming Hot Cheetos, and she said, and I quote, Flaming Hot Cheetos are dank. (laughs) (laughs) Dank. She told me. She told me. I think that means they're good. You know what? I I would say I would know, but I would be lying, and I don't do that on air. So, yeah, I don't know what dank means. I'm old, man. <laughs> dank. I don't yeah. know what that means. All right, well, maybe I'll start using it. Maybe it's a word I know that you don't know. Okay, sure. I mean, okay. What do you think about a grown man bringing a baseball glove to a Major League Baseball game? If It's dank. <laughs> there it is Kirk said it best uh, I wouldn't want my dude bringing a baseball glove like if my dude showed up and be like babe we're going I'm like no I'm going you're not hey, going babe, with that's me dank. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. But I, I actually agree with Greg I didn't think about that like if oh, you whoa, are whoa, whoa. so Urban Dictionary it's a slang term yeah, what's it mean? Well, All right, here we go. Are you actually going to look up dank? We, uh, yeah, we had I'll to actually to. look up dank here. Wow. All right, so it's actually a slang term describing something that is excellent. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, yeah that's so, dank. That's flaming great. Yeah. Hot Cheetos so, are dank awesome. AF. Yeah, so, yeah, they're dank. So I, I guess, learned something new. Damn, yeah, I feel I really old right now. Yeah, Wait, you didn't yeah. know what dank was either? No, what I didn't. What is going on with you people? Are you serious? Yo, I'm old, okay? I don't I'm like... I'm older than you. They're older than But you than got us. a daughter. I'm, I'm younger like... than both of you guys. I'm way younger. Right, this is what I'm saying. Like, I, dank I feel... was a huge, huge word for a very long time. It was, but it went out of style. Yeah, it's it did. Exactly. Now, it did, it like, did go out of style. It went yeah, out of style. I don't know. It was It was used for the marijuana term. Marijuana, yes. It was a marijuana term. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like, know if they oh, brought it back. And it's, Ooh, we got the dank thing. Yeah. The dank, like, right. <laughs> but I wasn't sure if that's what, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how, what does it mean now? Because things yeah, get recycled. It means, and, it means describing something like, is excellent. That's yeah, what saying something's now. bad. Like, oh, that's bad back in the day. Or like, oh, that's dope or whatever. Well, it's I still use that. See, I'm old. But what <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Flaming Hot Cheetos are fire, and they're dank. <laughs> All right, hold on, everybody. Stay where you are, because Laura's going to tell us what we need to know next. I'm looking forward to this. And then jump in here. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You're a grown-ass man. Do you take a baseball glove to a Major League Baseball game? Jump in, get involved. What you need to know is next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.